Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You do the same. Top off. Last game of the season. Last part of the season. All right, okay. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hello, boys. How are you? Really good. How are you? Very good. I'm very good, man. Last part of the season. Yeah. Tops off. Yeah. As Paul pointed out. I didn't realise Paul had a tattoo. Especially really? The, what does it especially say? there. Yeah. It says uh, that uh, the Newcastle Nut uh, <laughs> is this season <laughs> backed by Ladbrokes. And uh, they've got lots of uh, specials and offers and the like. And if you would like to know more, then go to newcastle.peg. What is it? I can't quite read that. Newcastle.podcast.com. Weirdly, I had that tattoo <laughs> done in 1999. <laughs> It seems weird, doesn't it? Yeah. We, like, the internet, Oddly like podcasting around. hadn't, like, yeah. didn't exist. Yeah. It, uh, your body's survived it well, because most people, they <laughs> they get fat and it spreads. I mean, it, <laughs> that's the only bit that's difficult to read, is the, it's yeah. the uh, website address. Well, that's newcastle.podcast.com. It's not that, is it? Newcastlebet. <laughs> what is it, Dave? Can you see it? <laughs> Hang on, Dave. Through, have a, yeah, have a look on the video. Dot, oh, what is it? It's, it's where it goes over my love bet, handles. Bet, you can't quite read it. Newcastlepodcast.com. It's not mm-hmm. that. It's new, oh, please refer to earlier podcasts yeah. <laughs> or Google it. We've said it enough times. Yeah, we say it everywhere. We'll put the link. We'll put the. We'll put a picture of Paul's tattoo up on the. Uh, yeah, on I think we've shown page. the dangers of advertising. That we've said it so often, it's become forgettable. That's the thing. That's the thing. But I tell you what wasn't forgettable. He's good. That's good. Yes, yesterday's performance. <laughs> Three nil. Yeah. Three nil against the the blues. Yep. I mean 
that's it's a pretty good way to, to end the season, isn't it? Dave? Yeah, can't think of many better. I mean, I think um, I saw somewhere on Twitter somebody say that our last, for the last three seasons, our final day, like, um, uh, result, not results, like scoreline, is something score. like 13 1. Last few seasons, yeah, we do quite. We did beat Spurs handsomely, didn't we? When we were already down, yeah, five yeah. one when we were relegated and down to ten men, which is very Newcastle. Yeah, it's still enjoyable. I mean, I was certain that we were going to lose that one nil. I just thought we were going to lose every game one nil up until the end of the season. I was so certain that we were going to lose that game 1-0 that I agreed to play cricket yesterday and did not see it. You and your shit cricket. Look, what can I say? I've got a broad range of interests. (laughs) Uh, Are you hosting a podcast on cricket? No, I'm not. Maybe sort your priorities out then. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, yeah. I do forget that this podcast very much pays the bills. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, you will will just backtrack a little bit because you did have the good fortune to see one of our one nil losses. Yes, uh, you went to Wembley. Yeah, first time at the new Wembley. On... Is it your first time there? Yeah, mate. I hadn't been there since the Chelsea semi final loss, the Robley two one, back in two thousand. Right. The only time I went to the old Wembley, I saw Rob Lee score, and that was uh, for England against Romania. Oh. 1994, I believe. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good, yeah. even though it was a 1-0 loss. 1-0 loss, but compared, we weren't on the beach any longer. We deserved at least a point from that game. We've definitely been called back from the beach, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, we're, we're yeah. in the office. We was so in the Spurs game. We were back from the beach, but we yeah. weren't. We there were still, still jet lagged. There was a bit of sand in the shoes still. Yeah, but Sunday. We yeah, were, we were decent. I thought again. It was just poor finishing and Dwight Gale out of confidence. Mm. Yeah, and the Wembley experience. I was expecting to hate it. I thought it would be like the Olympic Stadium, where you're miles from the pitch and it just doesn't feel like a football ground but I think because it was it was quite a warm night and it was still light it felt like a European game or a World Cup mm. game it was a really right. weird atmosphere yeah I don't really like the new Wembley just because it's such an arse ache to get there yeah that was a pain and getting the, home was a pain in the arse I went to watch uh and one of the football games in the Olympics at the uh, uh, at the new Wembley uh. and it was a it was a double header. There were two games. You got your ticket and you watched two matches, and there was like an hour in between the matches. So I went to get food, and you had to. I queued up for like forty five minutes. Got to the front, and they said we ran out of food. Of food. So then, <laughs> and then we, we. Do you want a drink? So we compl- out of food. So we complained. We we're like, why have you not got enough food? And they said, it's because of the Olympics. <laughs> the event they're catering, like the as if like we were just like passing by trying to get some. Food. No, we are here for the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so uh, do we have anything else to say about the Spurs game? My my sense right now is what we need to do is rattle through yeah. the pr- past two games 
have a quick break and then get on to what everyone's here for, which is the end of season awards. The only one thing I will say about the Spurs game is it carried on a long tradition I have of Spurs away of missing the goals because it takes so long to get a half-time pint that I missed Harry Kane's goal. Did you? Just like Sammy Amiobi's. We both we missed that to, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least it wasn't a Newcastle goal. Yeah. So really, it was nil-nil. As far yeah, as you I'm saw concerned. it nil-nil. As far as you're concerned, we we had an extra point. Would that have got us yeah, tonight? But the BBC no, won't be. report that, will they? <laughs> they won't report <laughs> they won't put that. that on there. No. Uh, so yesterday was an altogether far more uh, profitable affair <laughs> when it comes to goals. In the you can hear that the cricket is talking, can't you, Dave? <laughs> when, when it comes to goals. In the A profitable affair. <laughs> well, you know. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Okay, yes. We, we we scored some goals yesterday. That was good, wasn't it, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, mate. It was good. You should have watched it instead of being, you know, cricketing. It was a very good performance by all accounts. I saw the highlights. It looked like it was. It was a great performance. Isn't it? And it's one of those, I think it was a perfect example of how we played throughout the season, where we've gone in with a game plan. We've attacked them from the, pretty much from the kickoff, um, pushed them, like pressed them uh, early doors, put the pressure on and then you know, when they come back into it, just take up positions so that we let them have the ball where where it's not particularly dangerous. Um, I thought there's a bunch of players who had really good games, but I was really surprised that um, with the two central midfielders that they had, uh, Bakayoko and Kante, that I was expecting them to put Shelby under real pressure because if you can quieten Shelby then he quiet in Newcastle, but Shelby had the run of the park, really. It's just, I think it was indicative of Conte not going to be there next season, and clearly he doesn't give a shit, and the players seems, didn't give a shit. It definitely seems like there's something wrong in the Chelsea ranks. Yeah, they yeah, didn't we, seem we particularly bothered at all about the game. So was it, it, it wasn't a tradition, rather than it being a traditional performance uh, for a team of our standing against a top six side was it more of a traditional home performance like we took the initiative yeah I think first half especially I think when it got to like half an hour in we had quite a bit more possession than them and we'd had about nine shots on target so it wasn't a case of we were just hitting them on the counter-attack we were dominating them they were just sitting back which I don't know why when you look at the squad they've got compared to ours they well, I think that was it was the best way. in a similar way to the Spurs game, and we'll, I'm not going to spend much time on it, but the centre of their park was really lethargic. Like, um, mm. Wanyama, and I can't remember the other kid's name, but those two in the centre of the park for Spurs were not passing, moving the ball quickly, um, not putting people under pressure until the second half. And the same was true at Chelsea, just didn't put us under pressure, didn't move the ball quickly. And when you've got the likes of Hazard not getting the ball... That's great for us. You know, we didn't have to put them under loads of pressure. And um, we came out with, like Paul says, line share of the possession in the first half. Certainly more shots on them, more shots on target. You had Thibaut Courtois begging his defenders to actually do something in front of him because we were all over them in the first half. The word out in the middle, uh, of, in the cricket, the word on the... <laughs> Was that uh, John Joe Shelby had uh, 
a phenomenal game and a, mm. and a last ditch sort of uh, shout for the England squad. Yes, yeah, yeah, I mean he could have had a hat trick. He really could have. He had the the volley in the first half uh, that produced a decent save from Courtois. Yes, that was and a sweet then, hit. Sorry. Yes, that was a sweet hit. Yes, and then there was like a. It was a build-up around the box, and it came to Shelby, and he kind of like shuffled past a couple of their players. It wasn't, you know, a, a brilliant dribble or anything. He just moved quite, um, quite quickly past a couple of defenders, and then hit a shot with his left foot, which went wide. Yeah. And had that been had that been on the from, coming from the opposite flank, it would have been on his right, and I would have put money on him to score. And then obviously the the goal that um, the that Perez, Perez touched in. Stolen in. <laughs> it was yeah. He, he had an absolute blinding game, and, and like I say, he could have had a hat trick. He was superb that day. Well, we've seen it many times, but I, I would, I very much think he does deserve to be on that plane. Yeah, I don't think he could have done much more on Sunday <laughs> to get his place either, short of scoring. But yeah, he was he was a lot further forward than normal as well. I think that's testament to how good the army was. Considering mm. he was up against N'Golo Kante and he was just swatting him away like a fly. I think a lot of Shelby's resurgence this season is just because Diame's turned into just probably our best player. Yes, yes we've, <laughs> we've noted that before. I'm, I'm sure he will uh, get a mention, if not as a winner, but possibly a candidate in the uh, the end-of-season awards, the mm. much-awaited... Uh, the Natteries. The Natteries. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that, like, I mean, although Dubravka wasn't the busier of the two keepers, he did pull off the better saves. Like, the, the, the two saves that he meant, um, one from, uh, oh, who was it? It was Giroud, Giroud wasn't Barclay. it? With the um, flick from the outside of his Oh, that, uh, Gi- that Giroud flick. It was one of those flicks where you you want to be able to, like, slow it down to work out what he did. It yeah. Was, He's had a few of those over the years where he just he's very good at improvising at the last second and just sticking something out. He should be mm. on whose line is it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, his other save from uh, Ross Barkley where that's the kind of move that when you see it building up, you feel it in the pit, pit of your stomach that like when a good team puts that kind of attack together, you just you know in your heart of hearts that it's going to end up in a goal just because it was up until the, the final shot. It was great football from Chelsea. That that one spell in the, the second half, it was superb. But, but Dubravka had no right to make that reflex save. And yet, you know, he did it again. And he, what, four million quid he's going to cost us? Absolute steal. Yeah, Absolute steal. Not bad. Ross Barkley, someone I had forgotten, was a professional footballer. I think a yeah. lot of people have. <laughs> oh, Ross Barkley. Oh, and he's at Chelsea. It's like you could see him turning into a sort of future Jack Rodwell, where you just you make one or two wrong moves, having been so hyped, and it just never happens. Who knows? I don't it? think you'll drop as far as Rodwell. I, I think a Steve Sidwell. That's that's the kind of yeah. situation you'll see from uh, Ross Barkley. Mm, Sidwell went pretty. But it's tricky for those sort of players because Sunderland aren't in the Premier League and that used to be the sort of retirement <laughs> home for Man U fringe players. Like, Where do they go now? Where does Fellaini go when his Man U career is over? 
palace. But Sidwell yeah. and Sidwell and Rodwell, well, they both end with well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I've noticed as I've said that sentence. But they were they got a lot of praise. But Barclay is They've Jack done. Wilshire levels of. Uh, hope's been attached yeah. to him at, at mm. points Future in the last of couple England. of years. Yeah, yeah. he's been compared with Gazza a lot. Gazwell. Gazwell, yeah. Did you, um, have you seen the, the highlights yet then, Fergus? No, I, yeah, I have. I've seen the highlights, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the, the three goals that we scored, I think a lot of that, we we benefited a lot from terrible defending for the for, for all three goals. Um because the first, obviously, uh, it was Murphy, wasn't it, who um, who, who challenged uh, Courtois and it yeah, ended up falling for, for Gale. And then the second was um, just Shelby under absolutely no pressure and Perez stealing a march on, I think it was Christensen. Uh, and then the, the last one was like... So Lascelles for the last point goal. Was... Like, remember under Pardew where the, the idea was long ball to the back post and Mike Williamson would try and head it back across. And that was, that was the plan and it never fucking worked, but we stuck with it. Well, this was a new tactic, like having Jamal Lassell a good five yards off offside, but then paying no attention, you know, paying no um, interest in the ball coming into the box. So, so then when it does go long ball to the back post for Lejeune to square it across, because Lascelles has, I don't know, distracted the players, maybe maybe he's on their mind, maybe they're all a bit confused by what he's doing there, I don't know. But it was a great set-piece goal. And it, was an interesting, just, it was an interesting tactic. I don't understand when, when that's done, because there have been similar things done with set-pieces by other teams. I don't understand how that is not interfering with play. He's making no attempt to get the ball. Yeah, but you're still interfering with play. Otherwise, why would you be I think there? The rule, I think the rules changed a couple of years ago right, to okay. make it... You have to like make a physical... Yeah, you have to actually have some sort of intent, I think. I mean, this is... You have to be going for the ball. But the, the yeah. weird thing was, watching the Chelsea players react, it was like they had no idea what to do because a man was standing offside. <laughs> right. like, ah! What do we do? <laughs> So it's not that difficult. Just mark the players that are onside. Yeah. It was really good to see Lejeune getting an assist as well, like knocking it back in with his first touch. I thought he had a an amazing game. I know Sky yeah. gave Shelby man of the match, but I think Lejeune ran him close. He was faultless. And uh, before we wrap things up, obviously uh, Perez had a good, uh, a good game and has had a, a good uh, last third of the season in goal scoring terms, mm. but it was also nice for Dwight Gale to get a goal. Yes, considering he hasn't scored, I think in like thirteen matches or something, or maybe yeah, he uh, got two against was it West Brom and then had, or was it Bournemouth? No, that's I've got that wrong. But he's, he's he scored like two goals in a lot of games. Yeah, no, I think it was the last time he scored was when we drew with Bournemouth, right. but then he's gone. Tons of games without a goal, but you could, it's, yeah, it was interesting. After that goal, he had a good, well, not even a good, but a half chance on the edge of the box. He suddenly made a bit of space, hit a really good shot across goal that Courtois saved, and you could just see the confidence that one goal gave him. Mm. So he's such a confidence player. Yes, he's 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 all about the finishing, isn't he? Mm. And that. But just to go back to Perez, I thought on top of the two goals he scored, which were you know proper poacher 
efforts, um, the the pressure that he was putting on their the you know their midfield and their defence. And I mean, there was a point during the um, I think it was the first half where uh, he out muscled the the Chelsea centre back. Now Iose Perez can't out muscle a dandelion, so I don't know how he's doing it to a, a big six foot defender, but. I, th- I think it's testament to the um, the improvement that we've seen in players, um, which obviously goes back to to, 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 to Benitez's coaching. Um, but he's, I'd say, I mean, we might talk about it later, but in terms of which players have improved, you've got to say that Perez has gone from somebody that we were, I don't know, quite happy with if he didn't start to, to now he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet, really. We're definitely, as a team, we've become uh, plucky. Yeah. <laughs> we've become the sort of side who who accept that they're not necessarily the most able uh, set of players in most games, but they are. They want to be the most determined. Yeah. Mm. I think with Perez as well, he's been slightly unfortunate. There's been no decent backup at number 10. Because I, I do kind of think he's our best striker. I'd like to see him in the Dwight Gale role more. Because that was when Gale went off for Hosselu. Hosselu seemed to slot more into the number ten, and Gale, and Perez ahead of him, more as a striker. And he yeah. gets two goals in no time as soon as that switch is made. Well, we'll we'll talk more about Perez in the second half of the show. But yeah, maybe I wouldn't be happy if he was our. First choice striker next season. No, but, but having an option who could start at either number 10 or striker or be on the bench, depending on other players, it's a level of depth we've not got at the moment. I understand. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break. Uh, we've obviously been tops off, but it's time to to get our tuxes on. <laughs> we've all got our dates. And uh, it's the end of season awards. I'm off to get me suit measured. <laughs> uh, Who are you wearing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, well. Uh, if you want to uh, check out the coverage of the red carpet on E, then by all means do <laughs> the channel, not the designer drug. <laughs> yes, but. Uh, We'll be back in a moment's time with the end of season awards. <laughs> I'd love to have uh, paparazzi <coughs> sound effects. <laughs> Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter and the end of season uh, awards. The Natteratis for 2017-2018. Paul, what are you wearing? Uh, simple tux. A simple tux. Simple tux. I'm wearing a simple tux. <laughs> but with cut-off bottoms. <laughs> with cut-off bottoms. Kind of like Daisy Duke bottoms, tux top. Cool. What are you wearing, Dave? Cyril uh, Soterio. Oh, someone knows the name I'm of the designer. I'm so sorry to hear about your illness. <laughs> Is that a new pizza from Pizza Express? <laughs> Do you remember? I'm, I'm sure there was a, there was a shop the eight, in town. Is it the little Gino Ginelli? It was like some cod italian terrible like boutique thing it was it was total shit okay Uh, a a, a reference that that some will have got cool uh 
So And you're just wearing <laughs> a smile and Paco Rabanne. <laughs> no clothes. That's all I ever wear. So let's... Should we start with the big one? Let's start with player of the season. Uh, I have had some uh, shouts from Newcastle uh, Natter listeners on Twitter. So uh, we'll go through those in a minute. But first off, uh, Dave, who would be your shout for player of the season? Um, I'm going to have to say Jamal Lascelles. Yeah. Um, and mostly because of, you know, he's, he's he played well, like very well. Uh, he's in with a shout of the England squad and he's improved. He's led the team well. But also those games where he wasn't in the team, where we went on that horrible run, those games showed you really how much we've missed him um, in those games. So I, I've, he, he's our player of the season, even though he missed some of it. I think... The the stats make a very strong case for yeah. Jamal Lascelles, don't they? Uh, Paul, it, it, I mean, there's about four or five players it could go to. I I do agree, but I also I think Diame for me. I think once he hit form, suddenly the whole everything clicked with the team. Mm. Suddenly everyone had their role. Shelby wasn't having to do all defensive donkey work. It just made us that more dangerous. I'm, we weren't going into games thinking this is going to go one nil either way, and we need we just need to be lucky to win this. Okay, that's it. I I would say that over the course of the whole season, because he was we were halfway through the season and we were asking the question: Is he the worst player in true, the Premier League? True. I think it's. I mean, I think he would have had to have scored a hat trick a game to to get player of the season. I, well, I don't know. I think is player of the season most consistent over a season or who you think's been the best player over the season? No. But the not the best player the at any one is... point. But... No, but <laughs> there's been a level of consistency to him, but for half a season. Sure. Yeah. And that so is not... why So he's he get he gets the um the smaller prize of player of Player second, of the year. Player of player of the calendar year. He's yeah. the player of the calendar year twenty eighteen. Right. Okay, good. fair enough. But uh Yes, I'm. Yeah, I'm going for. Uh, I'm in agreement with Jamal Sales, as are uh, much of the uh, the Natarati. Um, uh, have I ever said that before? Natarati, that's quite good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Bevan Mag. He agreed with uh, with that shout, and so did some others. I'm just scrolling through. There's quite a lot of. It's quite a lot more than I realised in terms of uh, feedback. Carl Stangroom also went for Lascelles. Uh, there was at least one shout, though, for John Joe Shelby for player of the season. Which I think is fair enough. He's, I mean, he has been our most creative player, definitely. Yeah, I think he, I think he, for me, he's a very solid runner-up, John Joe Shelby. Mm. Okay, how about we go in with... Most improved player of the season. Maybe Diame will get a shout here. I mean, Diame gets a shout, but it, for me, it's got to be Ayose Perez. Okay. I think at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have expected him to start. I would have expected, um, you know, Shelby and uh, 
Marino after the first couple of games to be the the core team, like the core starting central partnership and with maybe Diarme ahead of him or maybe Hayden at the back and Marino. I mean, we were talking about playing, you know, do you play Marino further forward with Shelby and Hayden at the back or how do you move that around? Perez wasn't really part of the conversation. So, and also I'd say that his games come on leaps and bounds. Um, Certainly from the, the player that we had in the, in the championship, under Benitez, where you'd expect him to have had more time on the ball and everything. This season, he's got eight goals and five assists. I don't know if I've misremembered, but I definitely think he has much improved over the course of the last year or two. Mm. But I don't know if he's that much of a better player than the player we signed. No, I think he his Newcastle career started really well. I think he's... He's definitely improved on last season, but he regressed from where he started. So I think his all round game is with a view to winning now. this award. Yeah, <laughs> well, I would, maybe I would he's say been playing the long Far more come. to his game now than the player that we signed, and the, the player that we signed was exciting and quite direct. But he was signed as like a poacher, whereas the player that we have now, he is linking up. He's got, like I say, he's got five assists. He's the endeavour that he puts in to chase down their midfield and their defenders, giving them so little time on the ball, which means they're forced into rushed passes or long balls, which Lascelles and Lejeune can mop up. I would say that Benitez changing his role slightly has made Ayose Perez a far better player in the same way as telling Modiame to do what he's good at. Don't try and overcomplicate. Be like be a central midfielder. Um use your energy and all the rest of it, has made the army a better player. But I just think Perez has improved more than the army has. Fair enough. I think another mention for, along with the and Perez, players who we thought, or who have definitely written off at various points, Paul mm. Dummett mm. looks like a, a quality Premier League player now. I agree. He doesn't offer a yeah. lot going forward, but he never has. But he all... still looks very tidy. Um, I've always possibly overrated Paul Demet. I always quite like him. Well, you think um, he's the but you think he'd be winning the Ballon d'Or every year. I think he's the best crosser of the ball the world has ever seen. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I always think he's he's a good crosser of the ball, which no one else seems to see. No, I think there is but, something there, but, but he doesn't yes, get like, forward enough to. I like him. But he he is uh, definitely improved. Uh, my, who my who shout are we going for? I Sorry. would go for Diame. That would be my vote. Yeah. Maybe there was a time in his career when he was at this standard, perhaps the time that we signed him. But uh, over the course of his Newcastle career, certainly, and from where he started yeah. at the beginning of this season, I would very much be voting for Mo Diame. Yeah, he's gone, so I'm, he's I'm gone from worst player to one of the best. Yeah, he was basically... I would have had... Uh, Pat the tea lady on the team sheet before. Well, there were times this season where we thought Saive should be starting instead of Diame. Yeah. Oh yeah, remember Saive? Yeah. Who like suddenly, who suddenly came in, scored, scored. a stunning free kick, and then went <laughs> out of blind. It was West Ham, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then got sent back to Siberia. Saive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's going on? But I think that tells you, like, start of this season, Diame was probably only slightly ahead of Jack Colback in terms of mm. how we rated him. I've just noticed 
Before we go on with the next award, I've just noticed a quick dig from uh, Thomas Burkhan here, directed at you and me, Paul. Oh. Basically. Indirect. A NASA without Dave is like an episode of Inspector Morse without John Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Thomas <laughs> Burkhan. Well, an episode of Inspector Morse without John Shaw, uh, John Thor is, is Lewis. Lewis, Lewis which, which is, is a very successful series. Yeah, probably had more series than Morse. So yeah. fuck off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's a better show. Yeah, critically acclaimed. Yeah. I mean, it's got a bit more nuance. It maybe doesn't have the original grit of Morse. Yeah. It's got Kevin Whateley up front. Yeah. yeah. It's a different show. Okay. I mean, so. don't hate me because you ain't me. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I should probably just let you know that uh, Bedford Mag is in agreement that... Uh, that Lewis is a that, good Lu- show. that Lewis is a good show. And also that uh, Diame is the most improved player, as, uh, whereas Carl Stangroom went for... Perez, and uh, sorry if I missed you out on that. So uh, let's go for the next award, which is worst player of the season. It's got to go to someone, guys. Feels harsh of this group of players, though. Like previous seasons, there'd be a few where you'd think they deserve to be singled out for that. But everyone seems to have put a shift in. You've got like. Even players like Hosselu, okay, he's not been particularly good, but he's always given everything. It would yeah. feel a bit wrong to single him out. Probably one of the keepers, Darlow, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'll say Atsu. Oh, yeah. Atsu. Okay. It's yeah. just... I think somebody he, else said Atsu. Yeah. He's got a bit of promise about him, but he, he never really did it in the Premier League. And I know that... I think Fergus and I were... Um, were drumming up how well we thought he was going to do in the Premier League and Paul you were very much you don't think he's got it and we gave you a bit of shit for that yeah um but I think I think you you were maybe a little bit on the right side of being correct um <laughs> he's saying maybe. I was right <laughs> yeah yeah no I think I think Atsu for me because I, I think had he delivered a bit more on his promise we wouldn't have needed to go out and get Kennedy on loan. Um, I'm delighted that we did because I think he's a great player and I hope we can sign him permanently. But yeah, Atsu just didn't do it. Yeah, I, I was think, quite excited by Atsu. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I even, even Murphy, who hasn't done anything really, even Murphy looks more promising to me than Atsu does. I mean, Atsu's <laughs> had injuries and he has scored this season. It's not all been disastrous. Is Atsu yeah. fit? Because... Uh, Murphy got a start. No, actually, he wasn't available. He wasn't available. He's not been okay. available for a while. Right, okay. But yeah, Murphy's had... At least with Murphy, you have moments in games where he'll sort of beat a couple of players and you think the ability's there, even though he'll have yeah. terrible games as well. He's still very much in the potential phase. Let's hope that, Murphy wins the most improved player. This time next year. This time next year. Yeah, yeah. There's some... Uh, there's some... Uh, What's the motivation for you, Jacob? Sorry, Dave, go on. <laughs> I was just, I said that, that chance that he carved out for himself uh, against Spurs, had he put that away, um, I, I, I think um, I think more people would be getting behind him. Yeah. Um, as it stands, I think he's still, he's still a player that we were hoping will come good, but hasn't yet. Whereas Atsu, I think most people are saying, He's quick, but he's not good. 
How much did that suit cost? Six, Six million. Because it was half the cost of Murphy. That's sort of a bit of perspective there. Sure. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe he had less on his contract, but yeah. Uh, before we carry on, I should probably... Tony Armstrong has given out his very own awards Ooh. here with his own theme. I should at least do that, read that out for his sake. Can we guess who he's gone for in these? Okay, our saviour awards. God. Rafa. Yes, Rafa from Darkness Unto Light. Jesus. Has his gamers. Has his gamers. Iose. Walks on water, he says. Oh. St. Peter. <laughs> Peter Beardsley. Patron saint of racism. He doesn't let anybody through. He's gone for Lascelles, a rock. My Bible knowledge isn't good enough for this. Neither is yours. Saint Paul. Paul Dummett. Shelby, surprise conversion. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if this doesn't get you into Christianity, I don't know what will. (laughs) This feels like a gateway award ceremony into religion. I'm not buying it. It's a bit like a trendy vicar who's like, (laughs) got you know, hey kids. (laughs) Uh, Lazarus is Modiame, yes, raised from the dead. David. Yes. What? <laughs> yes, all right. David is uh, Dubravka. We... I will make the keeper. I don't really get that. No, I don't get it. That's one for. The is Christian. it a Goliath reference? That's one for the um, the, the Christians out there. And um, great Satan. It's Ashley, isn't it? It's Ashley. Yeah. What else? He says. <laughs> I like that. It's what else? You know, he, Ashley's no longer a man. He's just a. Beast thing. Yeah. Um, I should probably say that Andy Sheldon thought that the worst signing was Slomani, uh, which is probably a, a good shout, even though he wasn't a full-on signing. If we're including loanees, then... Yeah, he had a good contribution. Like the Huddersfield game, his part in the build-up there. I think he was a pretty awful signing. Really. Well, he was just injured. Yeah, he didn't. Like, this doesn't mean it's his did he fault. Did really do but... anything that Mitrovic wouldn't have? Well, I don't know. He stayed like, on he the pitch. He didn't score. <laughs> he didn't stay stay on the, we didn't. What are you? He stayed he on the pitch and then got banned. Oh, for yeah, three he got banned. Actually, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But I think I think it's easy to look at his last game and how bad he was and rewrite what he did before that because we were. We were saying in his contributions during those couple of games that got us over the 40 points mark, they were pretty invaluable. We're going to have to rattle through here. Um, Best signing? Dubravka. Or Kennedy. It's quite... Well, actually, Lejeune, I would say, based on the second half of the season. He looks like he's going to be a a quality centre-back for the next few years. I just think with Dubravka, he... The minute he stepped foot onto the pitch in a Newcastle shirt, he looked like he's been playing Premier League football all his life. Mm. He just looks so controlled, so calm, so in control um, of the of the defence. The defence looked more confident with him behind him. He organises them. He he pulls off some great saves. Like the, the two against Chelsea alone were. Yeah were top, top class saves. I think it, and Kennedy, don't get me wrong, Kennedy's mint and I'd love to see him sign permanently but in terms of, I mean, goal difference was so important to us this season. I mean, the 
it could have been the difference between finishing top half and not. Um, I think it's got, for me, it's got to be Dubravka. I think Dubravka's debut against Man U, there's not been many better performances from any of our players this season. But yeah. I think Kennedy showed us what we've been missing in that that level of quality. As soon as he came in, we looked a much more dangerous team. If Kennedy, there are no official rules on this, but if Kennedy were a permanent signing, then he would definitely be my signing of the season because I really like Kennedy. Mm. Uh, yeah. Lejeune, you made a good case, Paul, but I'm going to go with uh, Dave here and Dubravka because you made a stronger case. So uh, Dubravka, although he isn't, I mean, he's... He's a permanent signing pending, isn't he? It's, yeah, it's, well, he's still a signing, even if it's a loan signing. Okay. Okay. Did you see the video of him being interviewed on the pitch during the, I think, like the lap of honour? No. He's been interviewed by some local, um, probably like an NUSC.co.uk bloke, but he's been interviewed and they're saying, oh, you know, have you enjoyed it and all the rest of it? And then he's he's serenaded by the the stands, and you can see on his face that he's happy to be here, and he, I think he. I think he knows that we want him and I think he wants to stay. So I, I can't see there being any problem turning that loan signing into a permanent deal. Yeah. It would be absolute madness not to sign him. Like he's clearly yeah. a Premier League quality player. And for four million quid? Yeah. I'd piss four million quid. <laughs> Best moment of the season? Ooh. I've got one here. Chris, 84, Lukey. Uh, says Shelby pings it into the box where Lejeune rises like a salmon and nogs it down to Gale, who does a filthy outside of the right boot layoff. Cantona would cream over to Richie, who smashes oh, yeah. it in the net, past De Gea, while simultaneously shouting, Yafaka! One nil. Yeah, that one. I mean, he's... He's, he's really painted a picture there. Yeah. All credit to at Chris84 Lukey. I think another contender who would definitely be my goal of the season is Perez lobbing Schmeichel Leicester yes. away. Yes. I love that goal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Filthy. Yeah. Somebody else mentioned that, I think. Um, so who are we going to give the award to? We've got sort of... I think the man near away... Uh, the man near at home goal was okay. I think that was I the moment because really it came towards the end of that like rebounded off the defender's knee back off Hosselu and dribbled into the net against Liverpool yeah that was that the most was... enjoyable yeah. scoring by accident goal yeah I think the difference between those two goals and the points in the season when they came the Hosselu one against Liverpool you sort of thought we're going to need moments of luck like this to survive and then the one against Manu, you sort of realised the team had clicked and like we were capable of making our own luck. Bedford Mag reckon the performance of the season was Arsenal or Leicester away. For him, the best moment was Macam's going down. Again, karma, he says. Apparently. Uh, I don't disagree with him. Serves him right. Oh. For okay. being Brexit. For being what? For being Macam's. <laughs> yeah, for being Macam's. And mostly for trying to lord it over us when we went down. Well, look where you are now, you red and white prick. We would have never done that. <laughs> yeah. Newcastle fans would have never. We'd have maintained a dignified silence. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of dignified silences and, you know, rival fans and stuff, did you see what Port Vale did? Oh, so it was the, just the plane for the Stoke game. <laughs> so the Port Vale, Port vale and Stoke have a, have a rivalry for goes back years. And um, Stoke obviously got relegated. So the Port Vale fans flew a plane over um, the Stoke's home stadium on the Saturday, seemingly completely aware, unaware of the fact that Stoke were playing away and on the Sunday. So <laughs> just a fucking plane flying over an empty stadium. I bet the groundsman was upset when he saw it, though, preparing <laughs> the pitch. That's a major balls up. Yeah. Robbie Williams sports Port Vale, didn't he? Maybe he was behind it. So uh, we should wrap things up now. Really, that's the the end of the the Natter the Natter. What are we calling them? The Natterartis or the Nat? Yeah, the Natteroos. There's the... one other thing to wrap up: the Newcastle Natter Fantasy League. Yes. Yeah. The winner. Was oh, that still going? I, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder why you've not been across it, Dave. <laughs> Is it because you're 29th? Out of 39. <laughs> you didn't even make the playoffs in the championship. Yeah. The winner, by just six points at the end, was John Easton with Atletico Mince. Very close at the end there. Yeah, 2,241 points. Second, 2235. It's a tie for second and third. Fusco's Dreamers, Alexander Fusco, and Titus Shambles, which is Kenny Pietkazin. Okay. I think I'm pronouncing that Apolo- definitely wrong. Apologies out there to Kenny. But what a fight at the top yeah. there. Sixth place, well, Paul Doolan. Sixth place. Out of us three, I came sixth. Fergus, you came 12th. And Dave, you came 29th. I wasn't that many points behind you, though, was I? I again forgot to do my team for this weekend, and I had saved the uh, what's the one the wild card where you can change the whole team. Uh, so, can I so in a way, I finished. Above you were you. just under a hundred points behind me. Mm. Can so, I reiterate? I paid no attention to this. Yeah, yeah. And I still didn't finish bottom. That's that's. I'm I'm pleased with that. Okay, if you would, if you want to accept mediocrity in your life, Dave, then. That's fine, but but I get six, so I get to join European fantasy leagues next season. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, I've um, I'm a solid mid table, but the uh, the fans will be asking for something more expensive. They're the ones next in danger season. at the minute, though. The mid table fantasy oh, players. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what else do we have? Because we really should wrap anything about up. signings we'd like to see. Oh, well, we should talk that. about We've Mike Ashley's that. statement. Yes, Mike Ashley. <laughs> sorry, I was going, sorry for <laughs> really <laughs> stabbing oh, at stabbing <laughs> the, well, you know, we've we've covered that ground yeah, quite a lot. No, it's Mike, true. Mike Ashley did make a statement. Uh, do we feel encouraged by the statement, guys? I think everything's <laughs> cleared up. It, it's like um, Shira said on Match of the Day, it's just copy and paste. The same thing he said last year. It's absolute bullshit. I'll believe it when I see it. And fuck off, Mike, actually. I think Alan Shearer is providing a very valuable service for Newcastle fans because you get none of this questioning of Ashley on Sky or Talk Sport. Yeah, he's quite handy to have him there as yeah. our... Ambassador, which is what it should be for the club, anyway. yeah. As mm. our, uh, Rather as than the player. club changing the name of Shearer's Bar because they're annoyed with him. Yeah, 
At least they didn't like change it to Riviere's. Uh, well, along a similar theme, Alex Bagley says, any concern that once again, by putting forth a strong effort at the end of the season, the message will be that Ashley doesn't need to spend any money? Yes, I'd say that is concern. I think Ashley will sort of genuinely be minded to give, like, like he says, to give Benitez the money the club actually generates, which is sort of consistent with what he's done. It's just we've not generated a lot of money in the last few seasons. We I were don't relegated. think it is consistent. We've he's spent big before when we've made money through the TV deals. Not consistently. I think the problem is he's not minded to give Benitez the control, which is what Benitez. I wants. think he has spent big before. Not in terms of net. There was the when did we spend sort of seventy odd million? What when McLaren bought uh, Vinaldum yeah. and Mitrovic and Mbemba? But there was still that money hanging around. It wasn't, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But then, I mean, basically, the the way to look at it is uh, the the money that we lost out by finishing in the championship, um, we've made back from this, like from this season's um, TV money, and and some. And mm. then in this year, we like the prize money that we've got is like what 120 million quid we've earned this year. Yeah. So we've covered the, the losses from the championship. Um, going in next season, I would not be surprised if we spent 70, 80 million quid gross. Um, actually, no, 70, 80 million quid net, because I think we could sell Mitrovic for upwards of 15 million. We could sell the likes of Gale for the Dwight same Gale. as well. We the could... question is, will we end up selling someone like Shelby just for... Lascelles is the one that worries me. It's about what the definition of is of the club, the money that the club generates. We all know what the the correct and fair definition of that is, but yeah. I wonder whether Mark Ashley's got another definition of that up his sleeve, which is we need to sell players to buy and. But I think the problem as well is, like, there's a reason Mike Ashley's statement is framing it as being about the money, and that's not what it is for Benitez. It's, he doesn't want to have to have every purchase approved at Lee Charnley and then the level above like Justin Barnes and then going up to Mike Ashley. You look mm. at last summer, he missed out on Tammy Abrahams and William Caballero because it just, everything dragged out. He just wants the autonomy to actually make decisions and sign the players he wants. In terms of the season, in terms of the season he's had, uh, I don't think missing out on Tammy Abrahams was a bad loss, but I know. But I, that's the season he had at Swansea. Course, that's the, you know, that's a, a me being a trite. Is that what I'm being? I don't know. Cuntish. Being yeah, a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I think we're going to have to draw things to a close. Yeah. It's been quite a long pod. But uh, it's been a pleasure to spend another season with you guys. Mm. Uh, thank you, Dave Watson. Thank you, Ferguson. Thanks for doing such a wonderful job throughout the season. Hey, man, thanks. Hey. Couldn't have done it without you. This, well, this apparently, sh- according to Thomas Burkan, no, you fucking couldn't. No, yeah. this would be Lewis. Uh, <laughs> Paul Doolan, thank you to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'll allow you to respond. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, but most importantly, thank you to the Newcastle Natter listener. I mean, some advice to the Newcastle Natter listener over the summer. Try and avoid looking at all the rumours. 
Take oh, some time off football. Impossible though. Take some time off football. We're gonna we're all gonna wind ourselves up this summer about Rafa and about transfer funds, and they're gonna be days when we get very excited, mm. and they're gonna be days when we feel like the world's gonna end. I'm talking about football here. And that's before the takeover talk and stuff happens. There'll be the takeover talk. Try One positive thing. Who have we got going to the World Cup? Is Dubravka going? Mitrovic is going. Uh, um, not, Atu, is Atu going? Not at all. I really don't know. But not many folk. Yeah, well, we might have Shelby. You never know. I think they'll all be yeah. on the same plane. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm going to enjoy watching the World Cup because... I don't really care who wins it, and I just think it'll be a laugh. Sure, yeah. I I predicted a couple of years ago that the world would end at this World Cup in Russia, with you know Brexit in full flow, Trump. Mm. This was before Brexit had happened, before Trump had become president. I reckon Russia World Cup is all going to kick off. So you know, enjoy well, your something summer. to look forward to. Enjoy your. That's your positive message to the net of listeners. <laughs> No, no, it will all be fine. It's going to be fine. But, you know, I'm trying to say... But it might not. But it might not. <laughs> so, you know, take precautions. <laughs> Stay safe. <laughs> Stock up on canned goods. <laughs> but thank you very much uh, for continuing to listen. And uh, if you feel like it over the summer, when you're by the pool, maybe chuck us a favourable review or text a friend and tell them about the pod. And say it should be coming back at some time in August. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.